Hello, amazing parents and caretakers, and welcome to the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. I'm your family empowerment coach, Celia Kibler. I'm a mom of a blended family of five kids. I'm a grandma of nine kids, an author, a teacher, a speaker, and a consultant with over 40 years of training and real-life parenting experience. I'm here to offer you practical, doable tips, strategies, and techniques that will pump up your parenting skills and create peace, love, and laughter throughout your family. In addition, I'll be interviewing some great humans that are on a mission to make your life a better, happier, and healthier life. So let's not waste any time and get started with the next episode of the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. Thanks for listening. Hi, everyone. Celia here, and welcome to another episode of the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. I have a wonderful guest here today, and we had talked previously before recording this podcast all about her experience of life and how she's become who she's become and overcoming what some people might consider a disability. Of course, I always think disabilities are not disabilities, they're special abilities. So we're going to talk about all of that because Kalina Powell, who I'm going to introduce you to, is deaf. And Kalina is here as a mental health coach the founder of Kalina Empowerment, but to mainly talk to you parents about what you can do to help your child or yourself feel empowered if there's something you need to overcome or you feel like you need to really build on it, you know, because we have so many challenges in life. And in this particular case, it's more what others would consider a disability, but I already explained how I feel about that. So I would like to introduce everyone to my friend, Kalina Powell. Hi, Kalina. Hello. Hello. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm excited. More excited to have you here. So (laughs) thank you for being here. I appreciate it. So first, Kalina, if you would tell our listeners how you became deaf. So it all started at the age of four when I had an infection. Uh, my family doctor prescribed me an ear drop. However, I went to the daycare and they did not follow instruction. That same day, they did not follow instruction, I became deaf. So what happened was I went home, I sat in front of the TV, and I didn't realize the TV was loud until my mom tapped my shoulder and said, Nina, I've been calling you. And I said, no, you didn't. And then I said, wait, I can't hear you. And then my mom said, what do you mean you can't hear me? And then I, right there, I looked at my mom dead in the face. I did not respond back. And she said, okay, this is not normal. And um, luckily my grandmother was in at the time. She called my grandma right away. And my grandma rushed from the hospital to do assessments with me. And my grandma said, okay, clean it. Can I hear me? And for me, I know my grandma's voice, top of my head. And I couldn't hear my grandma's voice at all. And uh, my grandma called my family doctor right away on the spot. The doctor said, there's no available today. You have to come in tomorrow. So that day, I went to my family doctor, and they said, it's too late. Clean it as she does. I'm sure your parents were extremely upset, and your grandmother upset, and everybody upset. I can only imagine how that is. I, of course, can't truly feel how everybody felt about that. But 
you have taken that and not let it stop you. You have taken it and let it actually encourage you to do more and more things. And I think probably the second question my listeners, our listeners are asking is here we are on a podcast recording it through Zoom. How are you hearing me? I am hearing you through my hearing aid. Uh, my hearing aid is Bluetooth connect to my cell phone. So it's like an AirPod. So a lot of time when I'm not on my cell phone, I won't hear very well when I'm on my, my iMac. But sometimes when I'm on my iMac, it's very loud. So I can hear very clear and loud. Or I put closed caption when I'm on my iMac versus my cell phone. I don't need a caption on Zoom because it's automatic directly to my hearing aid. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you. Because I know people probably think that. Well, I, I think I asked you that last time. And um, <laughs> because it's hearing, basically, yeah. that so many of us sadly take for granted. Yeah. I am exactly. a huge believer of take nothing for granted. Consider everything you have a gift. Be grateful for it all and spend your life being grateful for it all. Because I've always learned since I was a little kid that no matter what challenge I go through personally, there's someone experiencing a much larger challenge than I can even imagine. So let's talk a little bit about what you were able to overcome growing up. How did you go to school? In case there's a listener out there that has a child that has some um, challenge in their physical or their cognitive development. What did, were you able to go to public school? What did you do growing up? How were you raised? Um, so I was very, I was very normal, had a normal hearing child. My family never seen me different as the hearing community because I am the only one that is deaf in my family. So everybody else is hearing. So not, my family members don't see me different at all. Um, so what, so when I was, Four, my family already had everything planned for me to go to school. So unfortunately, because I became deaf, they had to change the whole routine, whole plan for me. So when my family did, based my idea, I actually went to a deaf school in the morning and the hair school in the afternoon, just to help me balance communication with two community. And it really did help me a lot in terms of how to advocate for myself in the hair school, especially with teachers who never met a deaf person because I was actually the first deaf student teacher I ever met and so it's very um, unfortunate because a lot of them did not know how to accommodate me when I was in school and I, thought, I would say the whole school life they don't know and it's very unfortunate um, so when I was growing up you know going to both deaf and hard of hand school and it was very fun, but at the same time, I felt like my personality kind of shifted in a way because that's more comfortable. And like deaf community versus the hearing community, I'm just like, why am I personality changed? And I felt like I was going through some weird changes to myself. I'm like, why am I this way? But then it's the only way I can fit into community. And I realized that sometimes it's good to be uncomfortable in searching community because that's how you learn how to advocate for yourself. And that's how you learn more about yourself and that's how you build your confidence and that's super key and a lot of time in disability community a lot of us are not confident in our skin because we've been doubt our life a lot of time right and not everybody feels comfortable I would not feel comfortable personally because 
that took me years to get to where I am right now. And I tell people it's not an easy journey at all because I actually stopped going to the Dutch school in grade two. And then I went to him school full time and it was very unfortunate. And I was really sad and I was like, oh my God, like, how am I gonna interact with the hand kids? Because no kids do ASL, I was deaf. I, a lot of time I hide my hearing aids. But when sometimes I saw in a guy because I don't wear it to school. So it's very passionate. And, you know, um, how, did I, how did I overcome it? Well, I had a great support family and friends. And I had friends that were young, like grade, I think it was grade two, grade, no, grade one. Um, I remember they all, like a bully was bullying me and we were like hanging out, playing at recess time. And then they bullied the bully box. They stop taking that clean out. Or I'm going to come after you. It was so funny. And then they were like, no, Kalina, come, come. I'm like, no, I don't want to be bullied back. And I was like, no, like, that's not me. Because I was so, like, I wasn't shy, but I just, I just didn't want to get in trouble. And I didn't, I hate going to the principal office. So I guess, um, uh, I honestly, I don't know what happened that day. Something in my brain said, just do it. I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm going to just do it with my friends. I did that with my friends. And when I tell you, the result is my boy. Sometimes you have to tell your child to keep going and, and actually fight for themselves. Sometimes you have to bully back to fight for yourself. And a lot of people think it's not a good way, but at the same time, how are you supposed to fight for yourself and advocate for yourself if they're gonna keep bugging you? And um, so that was a challenge that I had when I was younger, but then now going to high school, university, so it's a lot more accommodating than when I was younger, I feel like people with more knowledge about disability community and who are like more patient with me. Um, in high school, it's not so much uh, crazy drama, philosophy, there's nothing, nothing crazy happening. But, but in high school, I was very, um, very outspoken because of my past of being bullied. So I was very like, people see my hair name, I'm like, what, what are you looking at? And you know, I'm like, they're like, oh, I'm so sorry, I didn't know you were deaf, and I'm like, are you kidding me? It's not a big deal. And so I grew that confidence because of being bullied in the past. So I do appreciate the bully bullying me because I wouldn't have this confidence to myself. And um, I do wanted to say that, you know, high school is a very struggle years for a lot of us students and mental health comes in. For me, I did not really have that much mental health issue as I was younger. But I did have anxiety a little bit um, when I talk to different people because sometimes I'm afraid of asking people to repeat what they're saying. And because it's high school, nobody likes to repeat what they're saying in high school. So sometimes I bored what they're saying and just go on. <laughs> so that was, I don't, I feel like that was a way for me to escape, you know, and um, it was just very unfortunate. But sometimes I just did that because I didn't want to feel like I don't want them to fight for me what they had to repeat so many times and you know I did have teachers that taught me a lot and I do want to tell parents to please encourage your students your kids sorry encourage your kids to to do what they want to do in life do not listen to counselor teachers like oh the kids are feeling I understand kids will always end up feeling but it doesn't mean that it's your child's fault and a lot of time I know parents always listen to teachers where it's not going about listen to your child ask them why they're feeling the first and maybe because they're not accommodating the students. My law, I think it was the law teacher I had, it was like took a lot in high school. He was not accommodating me, and that's why I fell apart. And, and that's why my mom was like, are you kidding? And I was like, yeah, like, he did not accommodate me. It was just really embarrassing for him because my mom went to the school, all my high school, and said, listen, this is what it is. And then 
you know, he would try to cover his butt. Long story short, I ended up passing the course because it was not acceptable. And um, I do want to say also too, um, I did have a gallon counselor who did not put my grade in for post-secondary because she thought I was not capable of doing it. I ended up having to stay an extra semester in high school to pull up my stock, to get good grades, to get into the university I wanted. And I got a stop at the university I wanted to get you. And oh. um, thank you. And it was just kind of sad because why would you put a child dream behind? And, you know, I had the parents, I, I want you to know that there's going to be obstacles, especially school system. It's very, very hard, but you have to keep going. So trust me when I tell you, now that I graduated from psychology degree, and my mom always looked at that claim and said, the hard work was worth it. <laughs> right. That's right. And, and it all, it all forms you. You know, I, I believe the path in life is to bring you to where you are today. You know, and like you said, you're actually grateful for the bullies and people like who's grateful for bullies. But that was the changing moment that made you say, I need to stand up for myself. No one's going to stand up for me like I'm going to stand up for me. And it's, you know, it teaches us so much through life. Not that people should be bullied. Clearly, I'm all against it. My point is there are stages and phases that we travel through in our journey of our life that bring us to the point of where we are. And it also has a lot to do with our outlook on what happened. Some people experience the exact same thing and they don't take the empowerment that you took from it. Some people dwell on the negative of the the episodes that the most bullying I remember, and it wasn't even bullying, it was annoyance, I will say. I honestly don't remember any bullying from kids. I mean, except like one time I had a date with a guy and I was dating him and he knew me without my brace. And he saw me in school one day and he stopped dating me. So that's like the biggest thing I can remember negative from kids. I always had a lot of friends. I didn't date a lot, um, but I always had a lot of good friends and I was, you know, always very upbeat. But a lot of the negativity I received was from adults. You know, I got sick of adults telling me or asking me, was I in an accident? What this happened? What that? Not that I don't think you should ask, but some people do it very abruptly and not kindly. And, and that's a big difference is be respectful of the person. I do think it's good to, I think it's good for kids to ask other kids. So what's, you know, why is this different or why can't you hear? Those are all good things because we have to learn. And the more we learn about each other, the closer the connection becomes, the less prejudice there is, the less judgment, the less criticism, learning about Another human being is a good thing, always a good thing. So asking is right, but always done respectfully. And that's the difference. I want to ask you now, so far as your communication goes, did you, or do you know ASL? Do you know American Sign Language, which is what ASL is, if you guys don't know? Uh, No, I do not. I'm fortunately, when I was growing up in the school, I did learn ASL, but because nobody in my family do ASL, so I would, it would the ASL kind of faded away when I got older. 
Uh, so do you read lips or is it simply the ap amplification of sound that you communicate with? Uh, it's both. Um, so the sound through my hearing aid and lip reading. Fascinating how we adjust. And do you feel like, you know, you always hear when you lose one sense, your other senses amplify. Do you have that experience? Yes and no. I, I feel like it really depends on my tiredness. If I'm really tired, sometimes I lose my eyes to focus. So sometimes I'm just like falling asleep. I'm like, oh my God, okay. I need to close my eyes. I need a break for the day. So I would say my eyes get faded, faded a lot when I'm really tired, especially consistently being in lift 24-7. So, so my eyes is my ears. I'm, I'm sure it's, you know, it's a lot of work. It burns a lot of energy, I'm sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You know, I, I, I can't imagine, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners can't imagine if you had to concentrate on that, you know, constantly, how draining that would be. So you got out of college, you got a psychology, psychology degree. Yeah. Yes. And so where did you go from there? How did you become the health coach that you are now? So I actually ended up running into a close friend of mine, old friend of mine, and um, she wanted me to introduce me to this lady, and um, this lady was like, oh, nice to meet you, and she asked me what was my goal, and so I told her, you know, I always dream of changing the reputation for the disability community and the community, and she's like, you know, you can become an international speaker, join podcasts. And, um, you know, you can do something so much along the line. And she introduced me to Clubhouse. And Clubhouse is very fascinating because I met so many people, so many careers, ideas that I didn't even think it was going to be possible. And that's when I went into a room on Clubhouse and I was talking about mental health coach. So I'm like, there's a coach? I thought it was only a psychiatrist, therapist, but counselor, but I never heard about coach. So I think, no, let me just go on stage and ask them a bunch of questions about coach because I have so many questions. And as I got feedback, I got a lot of people giving me amazing tips. So I went online and checked it out for Canada perspective. But I am located in Canada, so it's different from America. So I didn't want to be discouraged by Canadian because I'm thinking about American. And so from there, I took it on and I said, you know what? I think I can become a mental health coach because I have a psychology degree and I now I have a mental health and addiction diploma. And I thought, you know, what else experience do I need to have to become a mental health coach besides getting a master's? And I realized that because I can actually help my community to get the voice heard because of my experience. And it's really about experience. So, and that's when I decided to take it off. And I said, you know what, let me just give it a shot and see what happens. And it's been really well. Um, you know, sometimes they're slow in the day, but, you know, connecting with a lot of disability people was very fascinating. People check out my service, had a lot of, I had a lot of three 15 minutes conversation call to a lot of disability communities. It was amazing. And um, so now I'm actually willing to take it up to the next level where I'm going to be working with audiologists. So, which I'm really excited about. And yeah, so that's why food become mental health coach. That's awesome. And for those of you that don't know Clubhouse, there again, there's another stepping out of your comfort zone because Clubhouse is an audio only platform. This is not video. This is all audio requiring you to hear people, not seeing people, no sign language, no lip reading, 
audio only. <clears throat> so for you, you know, that you really had to step out of your comfort zone. And I would, and, and clearly you've had to step out of your comfort zone a lot. So would you be willing to talk a little bit about that to help parents with their children? I would say that it, you need to be really patient with your child to help them get out the comfort zone. You need to understand that confidence takes time. You have to actually, if you can, if possible, if you can allow your kids to participate in activities like basketball, soccer, well, put them in an uncomfortable situation, just like my family did. They always put me in an uncomfortable situation because that's the only way you can help your child to build the confidence. As well, educate your family members about your child's disability. You know, I know a lot of family members may not understand. I'm like, oh, why can't your child hear me? Or, you know, have an open discussion with your child and with your family members to understand your child. So that way your child can build more confidence with that and feel comfortable in their own skin. That's the most important about having a child that has a disability. You want to make sure that they are comfortable with their family. And if you do have open discussion in front of your child, that'd be amazing because it showed them like, wow, like they actually taking the time to learn about me. So it's really important to do that. that that's great advice. And, you know, building confidence in your children starts when they're very little and giving them a voice in your home, giving choices, having discussions, having family meetings, let them voice their opinions, let them talk about what they care about without judgment, criticism, them ridiculing them, any of that. And don't let siblings do it. You know, as a family, your, your family should be a judgment-free zone, a criticism-free zone, a ridicule-free zone. Doesn't mean you can't laugh and have fun. I'm all about laughter and having fun. As you know, I exactly. end my broadcast with laughter all the time. But making fun of somebody is not, that is not a place in the home because that's where your kids should feel safe. And especially a child that is working through a challenge that they're presented with, they go out into the world, people don't understand and people can be cruel. And children can especially be cruel because they really don't understand. They have, you know, underdeveloped brains. They're learning about everything. And yet that doesn't mean you don't give a child an opportunity to be the mighty things that they were born to be. You know, in my, I also have a kid's fitness company and that I've had since 1987. And in one of my classes, it was a three-year-old class, this little girl came in and she had a walker and her mother was, you know, she had braces on her legs and her mother was so concerned before she registered. She talked to me for like an hour after watching one of my classes and she said, could my daughter fit in? And I'm like, absolutely. And she's like, well, she has braces and she has a walker. I'm like, it's all good. Every, everybody's welcome. My classes are designed for kids of all abilities. And she was hesitant because it wasn't a special needs class. It was just open to the, to everyone. And, but when she joined the class and her daughter, we do this one little game. It's a toddler class where they start at one wall. We count to three and they run to the other wall and bang on it. And this is by far their favorite game. I mean, of all games, they love to run across the room because simply because number one, there's not open space for running. So it's a great thing to do with your kids. It's allowing them to run. 
and it teaches them spatial awareness so they're not crashing into each other. And so she starts off on the other side with her walker. And this one little child walks up to me and says, don't we all get one? Like totally like, how come she gets a walker, a cool rolly thing, and we don't get a cool rolly thing? You know, so it was like instantly like celebrity status because she had this cool rolly thing that no one else had. And then the other kids took turns. Her legs got stronger. She was able to do activities without her cool rolly thing, you know, and other kids took turns with it. And it was just turned out to be such a great experience. Her mother was so grateful, but she was so hesitant that it wouldn't be that kind of welcoming, warm environment that I knew it would be, but she didn't know. So a lot of times I advise parents, don't just put them in a specific program designed for that one challenge, mainstream them because that builds bridges between everybody, gets kids to learn about what they don't have, you know, and it gets other kids to learn about what they don't have or do have that they may want to like, be like, why don't I have this? You know, so give them a chance to learn. It always creates, you know, communication, creates happiness, creates warmth, creates love. And uh, so don't be afraid to put your kids with other kids that may or may not have challenges similar to yours, because we all have challenges, let's face it. I mean, (laughs) we've all got challenges. Why I'm so dedicated to helping parents raise their children because we like them to grow up and blossom from their childhood instead of have to recover. So what is some advice that you have for a parent listening who's thinking like, gosh, Kalina's like, she's got so much she's been through and and I wish you guys, I should probably put this this interview on YouTube because Kalina is just, if I could describe her, she sparkles. She has a beautiful <laughs> smile. She's adorable. And uh, and I think I will put it on YouTube so people can see. <laughs> but, okay. you know, it's, it's so important to really see the energy and you can hear the energy because- I always say you can always hear a smile. So you know she's smiling from ear to ear. (laughs) But of other parents that are thinking, well, how do I get my kids to just be so happy in their own skin, as you put it? Is there things that you went through that you were encouraged by your parents that you can really, you know, help others with? I would say that uh, number one thing, uh, be open. Be honest with the child. If you're not open and honest with the child, the child won't understand when they get into the real world. And the reason for that is because, uh, I, I would say the reason I figured that is because sometimes you can't always sugarcoat the child, especially if a child has disability. We need honest opinion at all costs. Because just life is challenging hard, but you have to be able to be honest with the child. Even if they ask you a simple question, it's very difficult. Sometimes you got to be honest and respond back by the way how they can understand. But not in a negative way, but also turn into a positive way. And as well, too, I was going to say, um, I just had it in my head, um, don't treat them different versus other children. 
And trust me, I tell you, I could but tell when you treat them different. I could but know. I knew my son was treating me equal, just like the regular hearing kid in the family. They never said, oh, can you throw, can you cut hands on a dining table? We'll put her there. Why would you do that? Right? So I would say, be open and honest with your child. Three, don't treat them different. You know, we feel it. Trust me. When I talk to we could feel it. You think we may not know, but we do know what you're doing. So please be mindful how you do treat your child versus the other child. And fourth, put them in um extracurricular activity. Put them in activity. I feel like that is the most root of and getting them out there and get them build the confidence more. What the when they get themselves out there. That's what my family did for me. They actually put me on basketball, soccer, ballet class. I don't know why they put me on ballet class, but you know, so. Um, my yeah, my ballet classes me. didn't work out so great for me. <laughs> I'm not quite graceful. <laughs> I feel like a lot of parents just want to be, protect the child at all costs, but sometimes you can't do that. You have to let your child to learn on their own because it's very important that they be independent when they get older. Exactly. And plus kids. And when I advise parents, because I've also been working with the special needs populations, kids and adults for over 40 years. And I always advise parents to, you know, get them involved in things and don't judge them. Don't pre-predict what they're going to succeed at because you never know. And you know, make sure that they're seeing the world because all kids, all kids just want to feel like regular, great, big kids. They all want to be big. Two-year-olds want to be bigger. Eight-year-olds want to be bigger. 18-year-olds want to be big. Everybody wants to be bigger. I don't know until you get to my age and we're like, let's go back or let's go the other way again. <laughs> Bigger's leading to who knows where. But actually, no, you know, I like my age. Um, but anyway, it's like encourage your children, give them responsibilities. Don't think for any child, oh, they can't do that. They, they can't do this. They can't help them. My two-year-old can't help me cook. Of course, your two-year-old can help you cook. And whether your two-year-old has challenges or no challenges, they can help you cook. Yet give them a chance to build their skills because when you believe that your child can do something, you indirectly tell them, I believe in you. And when exactly. you believe in your child, they learn to believe in themselves. So give them the chance. Don't pre-predict. Don't think, oh, this is going to put them in an awkward place. They want to just feel like a, like a kid. They want to enjoy life as a kid. Let them. Let them enjoy life as a kid. I can't yeah. tell you the children that I've worked with and even the adults that I've worked with that just want to feel like a regular person. I did an adult fitness class for special needs populations, people in wheelchairs, people that are near, you know, nonverbal and not, and couldn't even barely move. And yet they loved it. And you know what game they really loved was hot potato. We uh, played, right? Hot, hot potatoes. potatoes. <laughs> they, loved. they were hysterical playing hot potato. And they were missing it all the time for some of them because they could barely move their arms. Hysterical. They love. I, I could have played hot potato with them 
for the entire 45 minute class. But of course I broke it up. But the thing (laughs) is, let them feel like regular kids. Everyone just wants to be accepted. Everyone just wants to be proud of themselves. Give them an opportunity to be proud of themselves. Don't stop them short. Don't cut them down. Don't say, oh, I don't want this to happen because I don't want you to possibly get hurt. And it's not that we don't love our children, but sometimes we have too much love and protection. We do too much hovering. They need to get out there. And if they get hurt once in a while, you know what? They'll learn to pick themselves up and continue. Just like exactly. Well, Kalina, I, I think one last thing I wanted to mention is you have a book coming out, right? Yes. So my book is officially done. Um, oh, it's done. So, yes, it's done. Woo-hoo! Applause. Everybody to, can clap, I, clap with me. Yay. Good job, Kalina. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so my book is uh, it's called Every Day I Am Just Deaf. It's about me being deaf in the hearing community. So it's mixed with biography and poetry where it's 95 pages. It's poetry, so it's very small, short. And I didn't want to go over, you know, over the room because it's my first book. I just kind of want it nice and small, poetry. And as well, I, um, so what the book is about is really I'm trying to treat the hearing community what it's like to be deaf. What can they do better for someone who is deaf? How to communicate with a deaf person so that the hearing community have an idea what it's like to be deaf. So that's what my book is about. You can find my book on Amazon on May 28th. That is the goal. I'm trying to get it up there on Amazon because I know it takes some time to get it up there. So follow my honesty, May 28th, it's the line for my book to be coming out. That's the date. You got to write it in stone. That's what I was like. <laughs> yeah. 2020, that's my day. That's when my book got released. And now it's in Spanish and English. So just pick that's your date. May 28th, guys, you will find it on Amazon every day. I am just deaf. And I can't wait to get it because I like love poetry. I'm all about poems. I rhyme all the time. So I love that you did it in the poetic form. That's fabulous. I'm looking forward to reading it. So anyway, Kalina, thank you so, so much for being here and sharing your wisdom and your experience. And I know our listeners have really appreciated it. If you would just take a minute, let our listeners know where they can reach out to you and connect with you, please. Yes, everybody can reach out to me on my website, uh, kalinaempowerment.com or on my Instagram, which is jeffqueenbox. If you are trying to send me a direct message on Instagram, please message podcast so I know that you are one of the listeners because I have a lot of people messaging on Instagram and I'm like, how did you find me? So please uh, message podcast so I know you're one of the listeners. There you go. So mention the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. And my friend, if you have a friend who you know that could benefit from hearing Kalina today, share this podcast out, pay it forward to someone else, someone struggling with a child with uh, special needs, or even yourself, maybe you have challenges that you are feeling uncomfortable and you're not sure you can step out of your own comfort zone, share this with with friends, family, whoever that can benefit, because honestly, everyone can benefit because we all need to learn to be more accepting, less judgmental, less critical, and really start learning to love and understand each other. 
So, Kalina, thank you so, so much for being here. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Anytime. And to all of you, as always, I thank you for being here with us. We are grateful for you spending some time out of your busy day to take some time with me and Kalina. And as always, I wish you days filled with peace, love, tons of laughter. Things are funny. <laughs> funny. I'm funny. You're funny. Your kids are funny. Laugh more. It really is the best medicine. And I'll see you here next time on the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. Bye-bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast and being a part of my mission to stop a million parents from yelling at their kids. Be sure to head over to pumpeduppparenting.com and grab your free copy of the Patience Playbook. Wishing there was a manual for your toddler? Well, great news. Now there is. Pick up your copy of Raising Happy Toddlers, How to Build Great Parenting Skills, and Stop Yelling at Your Kids, plus my three new children's books at celiasbooks.com. That's celiasbooks.com. If you're loving this podcast, please feel free to share it with your friends and pay it forward. And also leave a review so I know who you are and can thank you personally. Tune in next time for more tips, advice, and strategies as you continue to pump up your parenting and create childhoods that everyone in your family can blossom from. Have yourself a really happy, fun day. Bye-bye.